uh, there's going to be a vote and you know there's going to be some controversy uh, out there especially in the public and people on Twitter and everything are going to you know have their opinions but for us it comes down to playing good golf and at the end of the day you know it may be more difficult to get to that top uh, level but it's an opportunity and I'm excited to try to work my way up there. PGA Tour is making some major changes to some of its high-profile tournaments, and not everyone is happy about them. It's Monday, March 6th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Last week, the PGA Tour voted to enact a wide swath of changes starting in 2024 that Commissioner Jay Monahan said will, quote, transform and set the future direction of the tour. The changes focus on what are called the Tour's eight designated events, which are separate from other flagship tournaments like the Majors, the Players, and the FedEx Cup playoffs. There are 12 of these events this year, so they are being reduced by a third. While this year around 100 golfers qualify for the designated events, next year it will be 70 to 80. But once you're in, there is no 36-hole cut, so you're guaranteed to play in all four rounds. The prize purses will be larger. Right now, each designated event has a purse of at least $20 million. Also, the PGA Tour is relaxing requirements for top players who are currently required to play in certain events. Eliminating cuts is one big source of controversy here, but people have been very upfront about this being good for corporate sponsors, who now don't have to wonder if the big-name players are going to last for an entire tournament. Here's the second top player in the world per the PGA Tour's rankings, Scotty Scheffler, laying that out. You're going to have the top guys in the world playing against each other more often. You're going to be able to guarantee to sponsors that those guys are going to be there four days. And if you're coming out to an event to watch on Saturday and Sunday and you, you know, if I'm imagining myself as a kid, I'd want to get out there early. And let's say I'm having a bad week. Some kid can come out and watch me um, play early in the day. And you can guarantee that, you know, Rory McIlroy is going to be there on Sunday. John Rahm's going to be there on Sunday. Um, Not everyone agrees. Eddie Pepperdale, currently number 238 in the world, defended the importance of the cut for a golfer's growth as a player, tweeting, quote, removing the cut is one of the worst things to happen to the game in the last 12 months, end quote. I'm honestly curious what else is on his list there. But number eight in the PGA rankings, Max Homa, is pretty jazzed for all of this and reminded people that the only reason he gets to hit a ball with a stick for a living is because of the fans. The product is important. Uh, I think it's easy to frame these changes as a way to put more money in the top players' pockets, but it has been made to make it easier and more fun for the fans. In short, these changes are good for the top 70 players, especially the top 50, who get certain guarantees on having a spot in these events. But it kind of stinks if you are in that 80 to 100 range because you probably just lost a bunch of events. Here's number 47, Jason Day, talking about that split and being one of the brave ones to say why this is all happening in the first place. I, I would say that it's probably most likely disappointing for the, for the younger guys, um, for the guys that are outside the top 50. Looking at those, now we've got really two tours in one tour, which is probably, you know, the unfortunate side of things. But I understand that there's, you know, with the, the changes that we've had in regards to, to live and, and all that, I think that has kind of put a little bit of pressure on the tour to, you know, come up with these designated events and then try and find the best formula. Yeah, live golf. The biggest reason that Live is an existential threat to the PGA Tour is that it attracts some of the biggest names in golf, like Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Bryson DeChambeau. And the reason they are able to do that is that they pay out enormous bonuses and prize money, and they don't have cuts. The PGA Tour can't match the money of Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, which is backing Live. 
and they also have to act like a business, whereas Live is essentially marketing for Saudi Arabia itself. But the PGA Tour can try to improve things enough for top players to make it easier for them to stick around. Phil Mickelson, who was instrumental in making Live Golf happen by giving them a huge name very early on, by providing cover for other less high-profile golfers to join, and by doing some recruiting for them, he at points has talked very candidly about how he wanted to pressure the PGA Tour into improving things for its golfers. Author Alan Shipnuck wrote a book about Mickelson that came out last year. Prior to the book's release, Shipnuck dropped a pretty stunning quote from Mickelson, who was referencing the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Mickelson said, quote, We know they killed Khashoggi, and they have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. End quote. It's also worth mentioning that Mickelson got a bonus in the neighborhood of $200 million for joining Liv. But as you get used to things, they tend to get less controversial. And if Liv can keep luring top golfers, it will be a problem for the PGA Tour. And so they are making changes to try and stop the next big name from making the choice that Mickelson made. Let's take a look at what else is out there. We're actually going to stick with Live Golf for a moment. Last week, Saudi Arabia filed an amicus brief in the ongoing litigation between Live and the PGA Tour, saying that Yasser al-Rumayyan should not be allowed to be deposed because he is a minister in the Saudi Arabian government. That caught the attention of the Premier League, because al-Rumayyan is the chair of Newcastle United. There are suggestions that the Premier League will re-examine its relationship to the Saudi government and its public investment fund. All of this could splash back onto the Manchester United sale because one of the bidders is a group of Qatari businessmen which has ties to the government. Speaking of Man United, bidders for the team are expected to hold meetings with club officials in the next couple of weeks. The Glazers, who own the team, are reportedly holding out for $7.2 billion. And the Washington Demanders could end up back in Washington. The Washington Post reported that NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell told D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser that the league supported her efforts to obtain the RFK Stadium site from the federal government because he wanted D.C. to have a seat at the table in the commander's efforts to build a new stadium. The way I figure from Goodell's perspective, all leverage is good leverage when it comes to negotiating stadium deals. Up next, I spoke to PGA Tour Superstore CEO and Executive Chairman Dick Sullivan in an interview recorded before the most recent developments at the PGA Tour. We had a great talk about the state of golf, how much of it is moving off course, and what it's like being a physical retailer at a time when so much of commerce is online. We'll have that conversation right after this. Two thousand, two thousand eight. 2022. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain, it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com frontoffice right now. 
netsuite.com slash front office netsuite.com slash front office I am joined today by Dick Sullivan, the executive chairman and CEO of the PGA Superstore. Dick, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So the PGA Superstore is a major golf and tennis retailer, and you're expanding. So first of all, I'm just curious, what is it like to be an expanding retailer that's opening new locations in 2023? Well, it's a good question because there's not a lot of retailers that are expanding, but for us, it's we look at it as an opportunity to continue to gain market share um, since 2019. And I think we all use that as a baseline because that's pre-COVID. Uh, since 19, our company's been up over 90% in terms of sales and the industry's been up about 35%. So a significant increase in terms of overall market share that we've gained. I mean, the golf is, as, as we know, for both health and fitness purposes, plus people working remotely, you know, are playing more golf. There's more beginners, but overall, We've seen great gains in market share, and we see this as an opportunity to kind of keep our foot on the pedal. Yeah, and if you could characterize that growth, golf became one of these pandemic sports that people got very interested in, but not every pandemic boom just continued on. What have you seen in terms of who joined and and kind of the growth right now? Yeah, there's some of us that worry that we're in the mask business because that may be one of the examples of, you know, they had a booming business uh, during COVID. Um, but we've had the stickiness. I mean, we've been fortunate. Um, you know, overall golf rounds continue to be up. Um, I, I don't know if this will be a reset year because there's other headwinds, you know, post-COVID. But I think what's happening is is we're also seeing this this whole new wave of golfers that are playing golf in a different way. And they're playing through simulation. Uh, and we've seen that starting outdoor with top golf, but now we're seeing with indoor simulation. And so you know, if, if I think about another sport, I think bowling or I think of skiing, if all of a sudden there was this new wave of technology that will allow people to ski or to bowl, uh, and, and in this case it's golf, uh, I think it's kept more people in the game. Um, and that's what's exciting. And, and, it's, and it's reaching a whole new level of, of individuals, obviously millennials, that, you know, much more experienced with technology. Um, but we're, we're bringing in many more women into the game. About 40% of all the new golfers are women now. There's a lot of still excitement uh, with the game of golf. I mean, people still want to get outside. People still want to play and for health and fitness purposes. And the social aspect, it goes back to what I was saying. I think the social aspect is the most important part of it, which you would see in some of these sort of bar entertainment kind of facilities. You know, people are now playing golf inside there, um, which is different. You know, it's becoming sort of sports bars, but with a lot of golf emphasis. So golf at the top level is also in an interesting moment. We suddenly have, or I guess not suddenly anymore, but we have a big rival for the PGA Tour in Live Golf. And we also have uh, Tomorrow Sports, uh, the Tomorrow Golf League started by um, Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy, which hasn't started yet. So is any of that kind of splashing back onto you in terms of your sales, the sort of brands you sell, like what people are interested in, or are there brands that people are pulling away from maybe from, you know, some associations they don't want to be a part of? How are you seeing that on your end? Well, I think you're going to see a lot of excitement starting in January of 24. And that's when the golf leagues TGL starts in this new concept with Tiger and with Rory to create an environment where on TV, you can have what is equivalent to like the match play and the match play, you've got incredible ratings, um, 
whenever they, whenever they did this sort of reality TV, and, and I look at it as almost the Ryder Cup coming to simulation. Uh, they're building a, a 2,000 seat arena right behind our West Palm Beach store in Florida. Uh, they just broke ground this past week. And so on Monday nights, starting in January of 2024, you know, you'll be able to see on Monday nights uh, matches against some of the best golfers. And it will be, it'll be spirited, it will be rider, there'll be trash talking, there'll be all the kinds of things that, that people want to see, just as what you see on Netflix today, you know, with the full swing series, which is sort of take off of the Formula One series that was was so well done. You get to see these players, you know, sort of with their helmets off. And in this case, kind of behind the scenes and up close. But what's really cool about this, this, the golf league is, yes, they'll be playing golf on simulation, big IMAX screens, if you can visualize that, inside of an arena, you know, 2000 seat arena. So it'll be screaming fans. But when they get to the short game, there'll be bunkers, there'll be putting greens, that will electronically be able to shift and they'll be able to replicate the putting greens. Let's say it's the 18th green at Pebble Beach and there'll be shot clocks and there'll be timeouts so you can freeze the putter. And so they understand how to create really good content for television. So there are a lot of things happening right now for the game of golf. And I think they're all positive and, and, and I'm excited. I'm really excited about the future. Yeah, screaming fans and golf are uh, two words you're, we're not used to hearing together, or two terms we're not used to hearing together. Unless you're, unless you're at the Waste Management you right. know, in Arizona. And, and it was interesting to hear a couple of golfers. They actually mic'd up golfers. If you saw any of it, it was the first time I'd ever seen it. They're walking down the fairway, and Sanjay in he, he said, I wish we could hear this every single week. I mean, that, again, is different. Bit of a random question, but I'll throw it out there. The PGA Superstore is owned by uh, Arthur Blank, founder of Home Depot, but he also owns the Atlanta Falcons and the MLS team, Atlanta United, and the, the um, Atlanta Stadium there. Um, does that impact you in any way? Is there any kind of cross-pollination or is it, you know, separate businesses? Well, I, I've been with Arthur now for 30 years, but, you know, anytime we get the chance, we have simulation inside the stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, for example, uh, with lots of branding down there for people who you know, during halftime, whatever, want to go hit golf balls. We have closest to the pin contest. We have hole in one contest. So we do all that in, inside the stadium. But, you know, we have the, the fortune to have Arthur as our chairman and owner, you know, has tremendous wisdom. He teaches us day in, day out, not only just how to run a great retail business, but a great guest ranch in Montana, a great football team, great soccer team. But our values across all the enterprises are the same. At the end of the day, it's all about you know taking care of our people, taking care of our customers, or whether it's our fans or whether it's our guests. So there's there's, there's a lot of similarities, there's a lot of best practices that we would share, you know, across the various businesses. And in this case, whether it's the NFL, Major League Soccer, PGA Tour, there's a lot of similarities uh, in in terms of what we're all trying to accomplish and trying to engage fans and trying to grow the game. Great. Well, Dick Sullivan, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, and thank you again. It's always great being with you. That's it for today. If you're hungry for more, go to frontofficesports.com. Our team is covering all these topics and much, much more. Also, some of you listeners have reached out to me on Twitter or over email. It's always really great to hear from you. So say hi. I'm at Owen Poindexter on Twitter or write to us at today at frontofficesports.com or leave us a rating and review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you tomorrow.